What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. My colleague won't stop commenting on everything I eat. My assistant rolls his eyes at people in meetings. Why does my coworker keep taking credit for all my ideas? Have any wisdom for me? Hi, I'm Allison Green. Welcome to the Ask a Manager podcast, where I answer questions from listeners about life at work. Everything from what to say if you're allergic to your coworker's perfume to what to do if you drank too much at the company party. Let's get started. Before we launch in today, I have an announcement that I'm pretty excited about, which is the reason that you're getting this episode a few days earlier than you might have expected it. A while back, I got a call-in line for the show where people can leave recordings of questions that they want to hear answered, and I've been getting so many responses there that I wanted to be able to do more episodes to bring you those questions. So starting today, the show is moving to twice a week. In addition to the new episodes that you'll keep getting every Wednesday as usual, there is also now going to be a Monday episode each week as well. And on the Monday episodes, I'll tackle the recorded questions that you and other listeners are leaving on the show voicemail. So if you want to leave a question there yourself and maybe hear it on a future show, you can call 855-426-WORK. That's 855-426-9675. But I'll also still be doing the more in-depth questions on Wednesdays, where the person with the question comes on the show and talks it through. If you want to submit a question for that, email it to podcast at askamanager.org. Okay, let's get into today's questions. The first question today is from someone with a coworker who isn't cut out for the job. Dear Allison, I work for a small business, about 10 total employees with four in my department, in a very casual, flexible office. About six months ago, one of my coworkers suggested to the owner that because the business is growing, we need a part-time person for extra coverage and to fill in when people are on vacation. She recommended a friend of hers for this job, and this friend, let's call her Artemis, was hired with no interview. To say her performance has been disappointing would be an understatement. The day she started, I was showing her something on her computer and told her to print a page. A few seconds of silence followed while she looked at me blankly and then said, how do I do that? Within a week, the friend who had recommended Artemis for this job regretted her decision. 
It's a relatively easy job, mostly customer service, answering phones, and email requests. Yet after six months, Artemis still makes mistakes on simple tasks. I am baffled that someone in her 50s doesn't know how to use email, Google, and can barely type. Besides her lack of computer skills, she doesn't follow up with customers whom she's promised to get back to, and she still asks the rest of us questions about things that she should know by now. We delegate simple tasks to her, but she manages to mess those up as well. Honestly, if I were this bad at a job, I would have quit a long time ago, so I can't understand why she stays. She doesn't need the money. Our manager is very easygoing and says she's still learning and we need to give her time. The owner is very hands-off, and I'm not sure he even realizes the extent of her incompetence. I've tried just ignoring the situation and doing my job, but when her mistakes cause me extra work and cause customers to call and yell, it's hard to ignore. It's also demoralizing to know that this employee doesn't do half of what I do in a day and is paid nearly the same. What can I do here? It's easy to think that Artemis is the problem here, and she certainly does sound like a problem. But the bigger problem here is your manager. Your manager is the person who should be dealing with this and bringing it to a resolution one way or another, but isn't doing it. This is one of the most common types of manager incompetence and one of the most frustrating. Now, you say that you're not sure that your manager does realize the full extent of the problem. So step one here is to fix that. Have a sit-down conversation with your boss and lay it all out. The framing that you want, both in your head and also explicitly when you have this conversation, is that you're not complaining. You're raising a problem that's impacting the business and needs to be addressed from that angle. Just like you'd raise it if a computer wasn't working or if shipments weren't going out. It's a business problem, and it's fair game for you to say, hey, I want to make sure that you know about this because it's serious and it's having effects X, Y, and Z. When you have this conversation, don't pull any punches when you explain what's going on. Sometimes in this situation, people kind of dance around the problem and they're very delicate in how they describe what's happening because they feel awkward about sharing negative things about a coworker. But the only way that this works is if your boss has the same information that you have. So do share everything that's going on. And if you're concerned that your manager will see this as you complaining, you can say explicitly at the start, I feel awkward sharing this with you, but it's starting to have such serious effects on customers and on the rest of the team that I feel like I have to loop you in. If you lay it all out for your boss and you still get told that Artemis is still learning and you should just give her time, then you know for sure that your boss really is the problem here. He's not doing his job. And if he's like most managers who operate like that, it's probably because he dreads hard conversations. If that's the case, then all you can really do is stop enabling the situation, which means don't do Artemis's work for her, don't clean up her mistakes, don't even make yourself responsible for soothing her upset customers if you've been doing that. Push it all over to your boss to deal with. If you're taking it on yourself, you are preventing your boss from seeing the full extent of the problem and from feeling the full pain of the problem which sometimes is what is required to get a manager like that to finally be moved to act. By kind of keeping the worst of the details from him and keeping the full picture from him, you're making it easier for him not to act. So the more that you can shift the problem over to him, maybe even sending him the upset customers to deal with, the more likely it is that he will finally be moved to address it. But if that doesn't happen, then yeah, you have an AWOL boss. And at that point, All you can really do is accept that it's part of the package of working there, this boss who just won't take on and resolve problems, 
and decide if you're still able to be reasonably happy working there, knowing that that is a condition of the job. I think in some ways that can sound like a pretty negative answer, but I actually think it's a really positive one. It's an empowering one even, because you'll be looking head on at the reality of the situation. You're not just sort of hoping and waiting to see if something will change. You'll have talked it out. You'll have seen nothing is changing. And then you can either decide, okay, nope, not for me. Or, you know what? This isn't ideal, but it's still worth it to me to stay for other reasons. And that gives you an element of control back, which can make this all much easier to swallow. All right, let's do the next question from a listener. Hi, Allison. We have an intern who is really great, and she's standing out as a good hire. Um, But one thing I've noticed about her is that she's constantly saying she's sorry and apologizing for small things don't really require any apologies, like, sorry, can I ask you a quick question, or sorry, can you take a look at this for me? Um, And I get where that impulse comes from. You know, I'm a young woman, and I'm only a few years older than her, and I did the same type of thing when I started my job. Um, But I'd like to point this out to her um, because I doubt she realizes that she's doing it. Um, She doesn't report to me, but I feel like we have a pretty good relationship. Um, Is it appropriate to do that? And if so, do you have a good script for bringing that up? Thank you. A great thing about working with interns is that they're there to learn. And so you can give feedback really easily because you can always frame it as part of the whole point of the internship being to figure out stuff like this, which is true. So she may not really be intending to truly apologize. From your examples, it sounds like it's almost more, maybe it's almost more of a verbal tick, but you're right to think that it's not ideal. It's not such a problem while she's an intern because everyone is going to cut her a lot of slack, but ideally she would break the habit because as she progresses in her career, it's likely to undermine her a bit. It's a small thing, but it can feed into the overall picture that you present to the world in terms of confidence and authority. And it tends to be something that women in particular really do. I wouldn't make a huge deal about it. I think you could just say something like, hey, can I tell you something I've noticed? I noticed that you apologize a lot and you might not even realize that you're doing it, but you preface a lot of questions or interruptions by saying sorry. And I wanted to mention it because first, you absolutely don't need to apologize for those things. And second, it's a pretty common pattern that women fall into, especially young women. I actually realized I was doing it myself when I first started working, and I had to work to stop it too. Obviously, say this in a friendly, supportive tone. You're not chastising her. You're sharing something that helped you that you hope might help her too. And then be aware, even if she takes what you're saying to heart, she might still keep apologizing because it can be a hard habit to break. And you don't want to make her feel self-conscious by like calling her on it every time she does it or something like that. But by having the conversation once, I think you'll plant a seed. And I bet it'll be helpful to her at some point, even if not immediately. I mean, you might not even see the results of that in her internship with you. But I bet it will stick in her head and be something that she does think about. Let's take a quick break here, and we'll come back with more questions. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. 
So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Here's our next question. So I'm a recent college graduate, and what I've noticed is a lot of people in my age group and some of my friends have been creating um, either private Instagram accounts and new Twitters and separate emails and privatizing their actual one, quote-unquote. But what I want to know is if you're not working in a role that requires you to use social media, is your manager seriously scouring um, your Instagram and other social media just to see if you're a hot mess? Or is that a myth that my grandma keeps telling me? It's not entirely a myth from your grandma. The way you've heard it might be overstated. Most managers aren't going to be scouring your social media. And you don't normally need to create perfectly cultivated profiles that reflect your professional persona and nothing else. But it is definitely possible that your manager or even someone else from work will come across what you post on social media, either deliberately or just through some kind of happenstance. And so you do want to be thoughtful about what you're putting out into the world. It's easy to be lulled into a false sense of security that no one but your friends are looking at your stuff, but it's probably not true. I would think of social media as a sort of town square. You're talking publicly and people can hear what you're saying. So I do think that if you want to post things that you wouldn't want your manager or other colleagues to see, you really should be pretty careful about your privacy settings, which is not a bad idea to do regardless. That said, let's talk about the sorts of things that could theoretically cause problems for you at work if your manager happened to see them. If your Instagram, for instance, is filled with photos of you drinking heavily, it is possible that that could affect the way that your manager thinks of you. Not like you'd be fired for it, but just that your boss could start thinking of you as kind of less serious and actually, there are a few fields where it could potentially get you fired. As weird as that sounds, there have been cases of teachers 
being fired for that sort of thing because we apparently expect our teachers to be 100% wholesome and never have a drink. But for most people, it's not a firing thing, just a perception thing. Other stuff, controversial political opinions. Again, it could be something that affects how you're seen at work, depending on exactly what it is. It might not matter at all. It often won't. But in some cases, it would. So it's good to be aware of that. Things you might not think about being an issue are things that you might mention on social media, but not especially want your employer to know about. Health stuff, religion, plans for pregnancy, actual pregnancy before you've announced it at work. You've got to remember that if you are putting it on social media, it could find its way into work. And then one thing that people don't always think about but should, if you call in sick and then you post a photo later that day of you at a baseball game or in a bar and your manager happens to see it, that's not good. So be aware of stuff like that. I've actually had letters from people, from managers who wrote in saying that they were really alarmed because their employee was out sick and they saw on Facebook that they were posting photos of like themselves at a baseball game and or vacation photos there at the beach. And people don't always stop to think, you know, that photo wasn't necessarily taken today. It could be an old photo that they're getting around to posting. Who knows? But that is the kind of thing that managers will sometimes read into and worry about. So be aware of things like that. But for most people, going as far as to create two accounts, like a public one and a private one, is probably more than you need to do, unless it brings you peace of mind. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing it. It's certainly a way to bring yourself more privacy. And there's nothing wrong with it if that's what you want to do. There are times when it could make sense. Like if you work in social media or PR or another field where you know that your personal accounts are going to get viewed in a lot of professional contexts, that is a time when you really might want to have one for your work persona and another more private one for your non-work life. And locking down your privacy settings as much as the platform will allow is the way to go. Now, I will say when you're job searching, I would care more about this because that's a time when employers are more likely to be deliberately Googling you and seeing what they can find. So when you're job searching, I'd say take an especially rigorous look at what's public before you start sending resumes out. Here's the next question. I'm in the running for a new position at work, and I'd love to wow them, but I know some point during this interview, they're going to ask, where do you see yourself in the next five years? And honestly... I want to be in a rut. I have a million and one hobbies, um, some of which I pursue semi-professionally, but they don't interfere with my job or affect it in any way. Um, I love my job. I take a lot of pride in excelling at it, but I have no ambition at all to be moved away from, um, you know, my comfortable duties and my, my sharp skills. I don't want to work 60-hour weeks. I want to work 40 hours. I want to work extremely well, and I want to get paid a lot of money. So I'm wondering if there's a way to spin this that doesn't make me look like a lazy millennial. Uh, you know, in an ideal world, I just come in and say, I want to do an exceptional job for you, and I want you to pay me as much as you can for it. Surely I'm not the only one who doesn't want to move into middle management ulcer territory. Um, thanks for your time. I yearn for the days when we can throw out the lazy millennial stereotype and people can stop worrying about it. It's crazy. The oldest millennials are now almost 40 Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The answer to your question, you are definitely not alone. There is a weird thing in our work culture where we assume that everyone must want to move up. And there's another weird thing, which is that often the only way you can move up is to move into a management role, which not everyone wants to do and not everyone is good at. 
lots and lots of people would be perfectly happy just doing a good job in the job they're in and not being pressured to take on more responsibility. The thing I think that is important for you to know is that in many roles, your approach is wonderful to have. There are a lot of jobs where I would be thrilled to hire someone who isn't going to be trying to be promoted out of it in a couple of years, where I would be thrilled to have someone who's just really into doing the work of the job, will do it well, and will stay in it long term. So I think for you, the key will be turning this almost into a strength, into something that will actually be appealing to the manager for the job that you're interviewing for. I would address it pretty head on if it comes up. Say something like, you know, this is exactly the work that I'd like to be doing long term. In five years, I'd like to still be doing it, but to have really mastered the role and gotten better and better at it. I'm not someone who's going to be itching to move up in a year or two. I want to be awesome at this role and would happily stay for as long as you'll have me. You could even add, I know not everyone is like that, but I have a lot of interest outside of work and my ideal setup is one where I have stability at work. That's what gives me the most satisfaction. So there are a few key points there that I want to highlight that you would be hitting on. You're not saying that you're just going to kind of put in the bare minimum or that you want to stagnate. You're saying that you'd be interested in mastering the role and being awesome at it. You're talking about working to get better and better. And that's important because you're not saying you have no ambition at all. You're saying you want to direct that ambition toward excelling in this job rather than toward leaving it. I will say you should be aware that to some extent you might be limiting your earning power if you take this approach, not right away, but over the long term. There's usually a ceiling for how much it makes sense to pay someone in a given role, even if they've been in it for years. If you stay in the job for long enough, you might reach a point where you've hit the top of the salary range for that job and they won't pay you more for it. So factor that into your long-term thinking. But as long as you're okay with that, you should be good here. Let's take one more break and then come right back. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. 
Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Okay, here's our next question. Hi, so my problem is an employee of mine, Carl, who interviewed for a promotion and did not get selected. He is a very well-qualified employee and does a great job, but was narrowly beaten out at interview by a lovely young lady who we'll call Bessie, who just exhibited more passion and warmth than Carl. She's also a Spanish speaker, and that is a definite plus. I personally told Carl the results of the interview and tried to be encouraging for future opportunities. He told me that he would have difficulty working with the new person on the team, but told me that he would be, quote-unquote, civil. I asked him to try to be more than civil. That was about six weeks ago. And since then, Carl has been civil, but definitely not friendly or particularly helpful with Bessie or me. I think he thinks he's hiding it, but his demeanor is noticeable to everyone. I cut him some slack for a week or so, but now this is going on too long. And now he's avoiding both Bessie and me when possible, taking extended breaks and disappearing from the desk. Right now, I'm even more convinced that I made the right choice, but how do I deal with Carl's poor attitude and unfriendly behavior? Thanks for your help. Bye. Yeah, I would be thinking the same thing, that you'd made the right choice. I mean, it's one thing to be disappointed by not getting a promotion. That's normal. But sulking six weeks later isn't really okay. Now, that is if he really is sulking. If he's being pleasant and professional, but just not overly friendly, that's certainly his prerogative. But I get the sense from your letter that it's more than that, especially since you say that other people are noticing it, and now he seems to be avoiding you and your new hire. And the disappearing for long stretches of time isn't good. So if he's being chilly or sulking, that is definitely something you can talk to him about and really need to talk to him about if it's making the environment unpleasant for other people. I would think about what the specific behaviors are that you're seeing that are making you think bad attitude. Because when you talk to him, you don't want to go into it using that language. You want to be very specific about what behaviors you're noticing. Is it, you know, eye rolling or being very resistant to assignments or being gruff with people? The more specific you can make it, the better, because ultimately it doesn't matter what's in his heart, right? That's not our business. What is our business is how he behaves at work. So the more that you can put the focus on that and be very specific, the better. When you talk to him, I would start by giving him a heads up in advance that you want to talk about how things are going so that you're not blindsiding him. And then sit down with him somewhere private and start by just asking him how things are going. Because who knows, he might tell you something that changes your sense of the situation. You know, maybe he has something going on outside of work. And while his reaction, the timeline happened to line up with not getting the promotion, maybe it's not about that at all. And maybe what you're seeing is about something else. So don't go in with any any assumptions that you know for sure what's happening. Ask him. But if that doesn't elicit anything, Then I would say something like, I want to talk to you about something I've noticed, and I may be off base. My sense is that your demeanor at work has changed pretty significantly since we hired Bessie. 
I know you wanted that job, and it can be hard not to get a promotion you really wanted, especially when you're qualified for it, as you were. My sense, though, is that it's really affected you at work. You've been chilly with both Bessie and me, and it seems like you're making a point of avoiding us. We can't work as a team that way, and it's impacting the environment for everyone around you, too. And I've noticed you've also been away from your desk for long stretches of time in a way that you never used to. I don't want to read into what's going on, because I could be wrong, but at a minimum, you're coming across as unhappy in a way that is impacting the broader environment here. Can we talk about what's going on? So that's where you start, something like that. Um, And if you do have more specifics about what's reading to you as bad attitude, put those in there too. I mean, you don't want a whole litany of complaints, of course, but make it clear that you're, you want him to understand that what you're taking issue with is specific behaviors, not, like I said previously, what's in his heart or how he feels, because he gets to feel however he wants. What you're concerned about is how he's acting, how he's operating at work. And hopefully he'll be willing to have a conversation with you about it. But either way, at some point in that talk, you'll need to say, I do need you to change your demeanor because right now it's coming across as almost hostile or however you would describe it to make that accurate. And I can't have you disappear for long stretches. I want to be really upfront with you that those are basic expectations of the job. But also, if you're feeling like this is just not for you anymore, we can work with that. I hope that's not the case because you do great work and I really value you. But if you don't think you can be happy here, let's be realistic about that and figure out where to go from there. So you're saying that what he's doing can't continue, but you're also saying, hey, it's safe for you to tell me if you're just not happy here anymore and if you would really prefer some kind of transition. Sometimes people are at that point, but they haven't fully realized it in their own heads. And this kind of conversation can nudge them into realizing, okay, yeah, I can't really keep doing what I'm doing here. But I also don't really want to be here anymore. And that's okay if that's where he is. I mean, you hope that he won't be there, of course. But if he is, let's get it out into the open and talk about where to go from here. One other thing, if he's open to talking to you and he doesn't just stonewall you, that would give me more hope that this can be salvaged. At that point, you might talk to him about other paths to promotion if they exist. So he knows that you're still wanting to invest in him and that you're taking seriously his interest in moving up. Frankly, I would be more cautious about promoting him at this point because he's not showing a ton of emotional maturity and ability to roll with disappointment, but that doesn't mean that he can never grow into a different job. And it might be really helpful to talk to him about what that could look like so that he's hearing that you're still thinking of him in that light and that those doors aren't totally shut to him. But ultimately, it is okay to say, hey, I'm really happy to have you here and you do great work. But I also need everyone on this team getting along with everyone else and not freezing people out. And it's okay to make that as much of an expectation as any other performance expectation. I think you were totally right to cut him some slack at first because, I mean, he's human and people have reactions. But six weeks in, it's time to address it and see if you can get things back where you need them. That's our show for today. If you'd like to hear your question answered on a future episode, you can record it on the show voicemail by calling 855-426-WORK. That's 855-426-9675. Or if you have a longer question, a question where you want to actually come on the show and talk with me, email it to podcast at askamanager.org. That's it for today. I'll be back next time with more questions. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History.
eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.